When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. Welcome back. It is hump day. You know what that means. Second half of the show, mailbag segment. Ride or die crew pulled through as they always do. Good to see a lot of people coming back to the question and answer segment of my Wednesday podcast. They're probably in the mood for some Steelers football, considering they are back at training camp. Pads are on. It's going to be exciting. We have a lot of news to cover before we get into anything that is related to the main title of the podcast. Uh, There's actually been a lot of news, both around the NFL, as well as with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Christopher Lynn Boswell. Chris Boswell, Wizard of Boz, the last remaining member of the Killer B era, if you want to include him, signed a four-year extension, so he's with the Steelers for another five years. I don't know the salary cap implications for him. I know that Dave Schofield, he's the guy that crunches the numbers, and he said that the early the early reports state that it's not going to alter the Steelers' salary cap too much. That's good news. I'm sure you'll see a salary cap update on that, on at, at behindthesteelcurtain.com from Dave in the coming days. I will also add that, man, what a great story this is for Chris Boswell. When you think about his career, all the things that have happened in his career, you're talking about a tryout guy from Rice who had been with the New York Giants, punting and place kicking, not making the team, turns it into getting a job with the Steelers, 
And then after that, he has a absolutely god-awful 2018 season. I mean, atrocious. Couldn't make extra points, was slipping when he was kicking the ball. We all remember the, I don't even know what it's called. It's got a soccer term where they kind of kick the ball behind him for onside kick, and it didn't It didn't work. It, it, it was bad in every sense of the word. And he turned it around. A lot of organizations would have turned their back on a place kicker because, in their opinion, the place kickers are a dime a dozen. But with the Steelers and a few other teams, they valued Chris Boswell. I think he was hurt groin injury that year they said hey we're gonna stick by you he turned into a he turned in a very good 2019 and he's only gotten better in 2020 and 2021 and he gets handsomely rewarded so now i think we would all say as fans that the three players that the steelers wanted to extend their contracts if they wanted to extend their contracts this offseason would have been minka fitzpatrick check done Chris Boswell, check, done. Next is Deontay Johnson. And that's interesting because Omar Khan spoke with the media on Wednesday. And a lot of fans, our own Kyle Christ, I know he put in our Slack channel, he said, why is Omar Khan doing this? He, he didn't have Chris Boswell there. This wasn't one of those, hey, Minka Fitzpatrick just signed his deal. The media is going to ask him questions. This was not that. They said, why is he doing this? Well, I think people need to remember that Omar Khan is different than Kevin Colbert. And there's a lot of general managers in the National Football League that do a lot more media sessions than what Kevin Colbert did when he was in Pittsburgh. It is a new regime. It's a new era. He's a new guy. And if he wants to make sure that the media are hearing from him, then so be it. But will they sign Deontay Johnson? That's yet to be seen. Omar Khan did say that... The Steelers and Deontay Johnson's representation are speaking, but that's about as far as he would say. Reports are that they're not even close. And when you see Debo Samuel getting a new contract, I mentioned DK Metcalf on Monday's podcast. You just don't know how this is going to play out, but the hold-in continues with Deontay Johnson. To give you all a little bit of update, you know, the pads are on. This is from training camp. The pads are on, It's and it's good to see. It's good to get these reports from Drills like backs on backers, they're doing a lot of run game stuff where they're just run-only drills, meaning they're lining up offensive line, defensive line, running backs, linebackers, handing the ball off. Everyone knows it's getting handed off. There is no threat of a play-action pass. Line them up, give them the ball, and see if you can run it down their throat. And it's been really, really productive. It's been some good and bad on both sides of the football, considering the fact the Steelers didn't run the ball well last year and that the defense couldn't stop the run last year, and it's been very, very chippy. And just as as late as Tuesday's practice, Cam Hayward, defensive captain, was the one that got a little chippy with one Benny Snell. They are, they, they're not apologizing for anything. They're getting after each other. They're taking pride in their unit, meaning the defense wants to play well. They want to shut down the offense. I have no problem with that. I will say the injury update's getting a little bit longer. We talk about injuries. It's a very key component of training camp. You don't want to see injuries happen. Thankfully, knock on wood, none of these are considered long-term injuries. You still have, these players have not reported back to practice. Minka Fitzpatrick with a wrist. Omar Khan said that it's getting better. He could, he, we, as the fans, could see Minka Fitzpatrick back on the practice field as early as uh, this week, maybe the end of the week, if not maybe next week. Tyson Aluwalu with his ankle slash knee is still on the pup list. 
Pat Fryermuth and Marcus Allen are both dealing with hamstring injuries, although Fryermuth was reportedly running a lot more than what he had been. He might be on his way back. Chase Claypool remains out with a shoulder injury. And then you still also have Larry Okunjobi, who has not practiced yet. He does individual drills, has not done any team drills yet. And so he's still kind of, quote-unquote, on the shelf. But there were two new injuries of note. Uh, well, I should say Levi Wallace is someone, that, someone that's been with an illness. He's still not right. He's at practice, but he's not participating. So he's still been sidelined with that illness. But Najee Harris on Monday... This was one that went throughout Twitter. It was like spreading like wildfire. Najee Harris, foot injury. Turns out he got stepped on his left foot. Mike Tomlin says it wasn't serious. We've all heard that before, and it could be nothing but you know Mike Tomlin just saying that. But Najee Harris was at practice. He was even doing the active stretching today, but they did hold him out of all the workouts. On top of that, Jeremy McNichols, the newest running back addition, he has a shoulder injury, and so he's been out. That means that Anthony McFarland's getting an opportunity. That means that Benny Snell's getting an opportunity. Mateo Durant's getting an opportunity, and so is Jalen Warren. Boy, has he been turning heads at training camp. It's going to be interesting to see how he plays into this mix, undrafted rookie free agent. If you've seen pictures of, especially, I think it was after mandatory minicamp, they did almost like a team photo. Someone got up on the balcony at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. I say, hey, everyone get in here. And Jalen's the guy that's flexing on everybody, number 30. Uh, I say, hey, if you're going to do that in a team photo, you you definitely got some moxie. You've got some uh, confidence, so that's good. Okay, now the only other thing I want to talk about in the news category, and I know I'm going a little bit long, and that's okay, is this report, or I should say the investigation finally being complete with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I guess in a way, the Miami Dolphins, and even the New Orleans Saints. If you didn't know about this, this is the report, and this is the Goodell did their investigation on all the stuff that stemmed from Brian Flores's. Uh, allegations that Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, paid basically said, we want you to tank and we're going to pay you to tank. Now, they they do this whole investigation, but this is a story that has been going on for months. I give credit to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. I'm not a huge fan of some of the stuff that guy says or does, but he has been saying about this whole intricate scheme that involved Tom Brady in 2019 potentially becoming a part owner of the Dolphins then becoming the quarterback, the Dolphins bringing in Sean Payton from the New Orleans Saints. It, it, this was all this concocted stuff that was going on. It, it, it was every bit illegal that you could think it is illegal, and the Dolphins got caught. And people like Mike Florio have been saying this for a long time, but the one thing that it is now coming out that it's true that it happened. The Miami Dolphins were docked a first-round draft pick and next year's draft, a third-round draft pick in the 2024 draft. Ross has been fined and can't be around the team until, I think, October or something like that. But the one thing you have to understand is that this has been crooked from the get-go. Sean Payton retires because he thinks he's going to get the job, or he steps down, whatever you want to call it, from the Saints. He thinks he's going to get that job in Miami. He doesn't get that job in Miami. Why? Because Brian Flores sues the league Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, what's going on there that's not all peachy keen? I will say this, Tom Brady, think about it this way. Steeler fans hate the guy, rightfully so. How is it that controversy follows that guy wherever he goes? 
The, the Patriots haven't had any issues since he left in terms of legality, getting in trouble, doing things crooked. Just saying, Tom Brady, you want to do some digging. Go into how the Patriots, everyone always talked about how Tom Brady, oh, he does things the right way. He's such a team guy. Man, Tom Brady is so good. He, he even takes a pay cut to keep their team going and keep it together. Do some digging into the Patriots funneling money into the TB12 organization, which then would go into Tom Brady's pocket. So I'm going to say, you do the research yourself. You do the research yourself. You'll realize that the NFL's golden cow or golden calf, that is Tom Brady, the golden boy, not so golden. We'll put it that way. Deshaun Watson, he was suspended for six games. I want to warn you, I'm not going to talk about this until it's finalized. This is not over. If you're like me and you found out six games and you got infuriated because in 2010, Ben Roethlisberger got six games. That was two allegations. Deshaun Watson had over 30. Pump the brakes. In the coming days, the NFL will have a chance to appeal. If they do, it could all go all the way back to a federal court. This thing's not over. Now, the NFL says, okay, we agree with it. It's six games. You're going to hear a rant from me, so keep on the lookout for that. All right, what I want to talk about today, before we get a break, and I know that's been a long time, but there's a lot of news to cover. hope you all enjoyed that is I've been following this Steelers training camp from afar like I always do. If you listen to the Steelers preview, I gave the Steelers organization a big old F you the other day a couple weeks ago because they turned us down for season credentials. Again, they always do. We always try. They always turn us down. Now, we're going to try game by game, see if that works. But they're not giving us any access, so we... As fans, also have to follow like you, the listener, as fans. And so I'm following on Twitter, the beat writers that are there. And the one thing that I'm noticing is that there is definitely a bias in the reporting of what's going on in training camp. And it's really, really bothersome to me. And that's what I wanted to talk about here to finish out this first half. Beware media bias when following Steelers camp. Just beware that some of these media members that are inside the ropes of training camp that are tweeting away as fast as their little thumbs will tweet, they have a bias, and sometimes it's enough that makes fans then believe in, we'll say, narratives that aren't really factual. So I want to give credit to Matty Peverell. I said that I asked this question on Twitter, and I asked the question just basically, do you believe that some media members are biased? one way or the other, that they're biased. And I think every single person that responded, over 20 people that responded to the tweet, which is not some crazy number, but it was good enough for me to mention it, said, yes, there is an absolute bias. But Matty Peverell, who is the host of The War Room and a co-host of The Touchdown Under with Mark E.D., Mark Davison, he said, hey, even us, talking about Behind the Steel Curtain, even we are biased meaning that we have favorites on the team. We are kind of rooting for certain players, rooting for things that we said to come to fruition. And I was like, hey, you know what? You're probably right. You are probably right. But when you rely on other people to get your information, that's when things can go sideways really, really quick. So let me give an example. Okay, This this could happen in training camp. It's the same exact play, but everyone could have a different report on it. This isn't like the regular season. When I'm sitting at home watching the game on my television, you're seeing the same play. And if they're there live, 
they're not necessarily getting a better view of it. A lot of them might be watching on TV in the press box because they have televisions there, and they're seeing the same replays. They're, they have no better viewpoint than we do other than maybe what's going on on the sideline. They could see, okay, Najee Harris is getting worked on. We're not seeing that. They have a good, they have a good view of that. But when it comes to the plays, that's different. So here you have training camp, all these reporters, they're all talking about the same play, but it just seems like sometimes they have their favorites, and this can skew reports in both ways, both good and bad. Let me give an example, all right? If there was a reporter that didn't like the Kenny Pickett selection, that doesn't doesn't mean that they're rooting for the Steelers. You know, media members like that that are a credentialed website are supposed to remain neutral. They want neutral reporting. They, that's one of the reasons why they probably don't want to let someone like Behind the Steel Curtain in because we are not neutral. We are fans of the team. However, I, th- I obviously would be able to do a neutral report and say whether things are going well or things are not going well, but still, that's neither here nor there. There are people that definitely think that the Kenny Pickett selection was a bad pick, and so sometimes that might stick with them, especially if they put their necks out there especially if these are people that might deem themselves to be insiders, to be experts, people that say, I know stuff that you don't because I'm, I'm the guy that's inside the locker room. And so when, that, when what they say and what they put out there doesn't come to fruition, they go in the opposite direction, what makes them look bad. And now all of a sudden they might have a chip on their shoulder and they might have a little bit of an angle. They're thinking to themselves, okay, I don't like this. I don't like the way it feels. I don't like this at all. And so that's going to skew things. So let's go back to that example. Let's say it's in camp. Kenny Pickett is in at quarterback, and he's in with the third string. This happened the entire first week. Kenny Pickett feels, and this is not, this did not happen, by the way. There was a play similar to it, but this, this is literally fiction. Let's say Kenny Pickett feels a low, bad snap from the third string center. Okay. Now, he gets defensive players directly in his face. He does field the ball, and he's forced to check it down because he has no time. The bad snap disrupt the entire flow of the play. That's the play. Let's say that's the example, all right? We're all on the same page. You could get three different reports from that one play that I just diagrammed. Report A, it could be... Oh, Kenny Pickett is struggling with the pass rush. He has a lot of checkdowns. And so now the fans are reading this on Twitter thinking, that's not good. He's struggling with the pass rush, dealing with a, a pass rush, and he's just checking the ball down a ton. We had that in Ben Roethlisberger last year. But let's go to report B. Report B, Pickett not quite NFL ready as advertised, still learning the offense. Remember, Pickett fielded a low snap. Because of the low snap, the pass rush against with a third string offensive line gets to him. He checks the ball down. Then you go to report C. They would say good handle of a bad snap by Pickett turned a negative play into a positive one. So if you're like me and like Dave Schofield and a lot of other people behind the steel curtain and a lot of fans out there that follow all these beat reporters, sometimes it's difficult It is really difficult to have a good feel of what's going on. Now, we'll know more when the preseason rolls around because at least two out of those three games will be nationally televised. But other than that, there have been plays. There were plays on Tuesday that 
Kenny Pickett throws a touchdown in seven shots. One person says it. Another person says it. Third person says touchdown wouldn't have counted. Didn't get two feet in. Wait, what? So you're trying to put all this together. I just want to be clear. There are some media members you can already tell that are just everything that someone like Kenny Pickett does or even some defensive players. They it could be free agents. They are focused in. They are honed in on them. And if they do something positive, it's crickets. If they do something negative, they're all about it. Just like on the opposite side, there's people that only mention the positive things. They don't mention any negatives. It's weird. It's strange. That's why I'm trying to tell you, beware of the media bias. I'm not here to call out anyone. I could give you a laundry list of beat reporters that are biased one way or the other to the whole Steelers organization or to specific players. I'm not going to do that. Don't want to burn those bridges. But I will say, just be wary of these reports because sometimes they are flat out wrong. All right, what's not flat out wrong is you, the Ride or Die crew, providing a lot of great questions for the mailbag segment. I will be answering all of those right after this break. Stay tuned, don't go anywhere. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment. It is Wednesday, hump day. Halfway there, folks. Hope you're having a great week. It is time for us to get into the mailbag. There's a lot of good questions. We are going to answer every single one of them. Let's get this thing started. Here we go. Oh, but before I get started with this, let me let me also mention that it's important for me to tell you how you can answer ask questions because a lot of people want to know if they just stumbled upon the podcast they'll say hey jeff how exactly do we get questions answered well it's simple follow me on twitter at jay hartman h-a-r-t-m-a-n underscore p-i-t on tuesday typically around noon i'll put out the question you find it you answer you just reply to that tweet and i will answer it live on the show here we go heath davis asks uh boy he asked a bunch he has four he said i like seeing the players get chippy in camp what are your thoughts on the dust-up in practice? Well, there's been several dust-ups, Heath. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it as long as it doesn't linger into another practice. So, in other words, I gave the example at the beginning of the show about Benny Snell and Cam Hayward. If hey, if you're, something happens in practice, maybe it's under a pile or a scrum, Benny Snell taking liberties doesn't matter. Cam Hayward doesn't like it. Obviously, he doesn't like it. What I don't want to see is the practice today, Wednesday, where that same thing is carrying over. That's not good. That's what I don't want to see. If they, if bygones are bygones, the heat of battle, whatever, I'm okay with it. Just don't let it carry over. Heath, second question. If the wide receiver room continues to ball out with Deontay Johnson not playing, 
What is the likelihood that they just trade Deontay right before the season to a team with an injury, which cause it causes a need? Hmm. Drafting Austin 316 this year seems like a clear move to develop his replacement. This Deontay Johnson stuff is, there's a lot of layers to it when it comes to the way he views himself, the way the Steelers view him, and the way he ranks amongst other NFL wide receivers. When you see someone like Debo Samuel get paid what he did, you also have to remember that Deontay Johnson had more catches, I think he had more yards even last year, than Debo Samuel. That doesn't mean I think most football fans that watch the game would say that Debo Samuel is a better player because of his running ability and things like that. But Deontay Johnson's looking at the numbers saying, I'm better than that guy. So they got to figure something out. But them trading him, I don't think they'll trade him. They're going to, if they don't want to get a deal done or they can't get a deal done, they're going to want him to play for the Steelers this year. And then maybe they figure it out after that. Heath's third question. He said, Michael Scott, Ron Burgundy. And Ron Swanson are hired to coach your football team. Who's the head coach? Who's the OC? And who's the DC? What type of offense and defense do they run? What current NFL player thrives on that team? Okay. Michael Scott is the ultimate. He's the ultimate head coach. I don't want him dealing with anything that's related to X's and O's. I just want him to be able to stand up in front of the media and talk to them. I'll put Ron Burgundy in front charge of the offense and Swanson on the defense. And I would say that they're going to run very selfish plays. I, I don't even know who would thrive in that, if I'm being completely honest. Last one, he said, rare fourth question. If we had our own version of the fridge, William Perry of the Chicago Bears, what defensive lineman do you give the ball to? All right, I'm running, thinking about the defensive line, the, the fridge. I'd love to see Cam. When you think about his dad, Ironhead, that would be great to see Cam Hayward get the ball at the goal line and get the plunge into the end zone. Maybe a little tribute to his father. I'll go with Cam Hayward. All right, Brian Haynes asked a couple. He said, can you see a world where TJ Watt gets respect over Miles Garrett? It seems that nobody wants to give TJ credit, and it's sickening. A lot of people and a lot of organizations are all about Miles Garrett. I'm going to quote what Ramon Foster said. Ramon Foster said, essentially, that if you were to try and build an outside linebacker in a lab, it would look like Miles Garrett. Big, strong, fast, athletic. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And so a lot of people want that guy to be their face of that position. But TJ Watts outperformed him, outperformed him every, every, in every statistic. There's no statistical categories that Miles Garrett is better. And I'm honestly sick and tired of comparing. Who cares? Miles Garrett has never won anything, both individually or as a team with the Browns. So whatever, let them say what they want. I don't care. Next question from Brian. What position are you least worried about on the team as far as who the Steelers have for reserves? How about the most concerned? The least concerned I am worried about on the team as far as depth. If everyone's healthy, it's probably wide receiver now. You see these rookies playing well. That's a good thing. Uh, Defensive line's another one. If Larry is healthy, they're going to have a lot of healthy, they're a lot of good bodies there. They could probably figure something out. The most concerning, well, quarterback's always on the list, but I'd also say running back as of now. Uh, you didn't say outside linebacker. Those are probably the two that would come close. Last one from Brian. What drafted player is going to be the best from this class this year? I'm going to have to go with the guy that's tearing up training camp right now, George Pickens. George Pickens is. He looks like he is absolutely 
it, like it's not even that big of a deal. That's the crazy thing. He's dominating these NFL players, and it's just kind of like, nah, that's just what I do. That's his mentality. I love it. Love George Pickens. That's who I'll go with. All right, Aiden Blaine. Hey, Jeff, give us some early winners and losers from training camp so far. The winners. I will go with George Pickens, Calvin Austin the third. I will say the losers, if I'm just doing two of each. The losers. Ah, recently, it's been Mitch Trubisky. He has not played well this week. I think he's on a three-day scoreless streak, has not thrown a touchdown in seven shots to start the day. And that, that's just not good. He threw a really bad interception on Tuesday. Just not good. Mitch Trubisky has not played well. He's been getting all the time with the ones. And, yes, there's been injuries. For instance, Chase Claypool's not there. Deontay Johnson's not there. Pat Fryermuth isn't there. We get it. Still, you got you to gotta make plays. That's what it's about. You got to make plays. Uh, the other loser, I would just say injuries in general, not getting these guys out there, especially someone like Levi Wallace, who's sick. Not, nothing against that. But, man. Your new face, new place, we got to see you out there. we got to see what you have. That's what I'll go with. Good question, Aiden. Will Caldwell says, Do you think that with recent activity at the running back position, the Steelers would be satisfactory to run the offense if Najee Harris were to go down for a four- to six-game stretch throughout the season? I'm not about to say that, that's, that they're going to be okay in that setting. What, because they signed Jeremy McNichols? No, 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 no. They that is a depth move. That is something where the Steelers that's the worst case scenario. They are, are they more better equipped now than they were two weeks ago? I'll give you that. McNichols provides experience. That's something they didn't have a lot of at the position. But no, they, I don't think that they are, as you put it, satisfactory to run the offense if Najee goes down. Southside Doc asks a couple questions. First one, Omar Khan said that he expects hold-ins to become more common. Are there any parallels to the Le'Veon Bell saga to DJ's hold-in? What are the best case and worst case scenarios for how this plays out? What would be your approach to contract negotiations if you were the general manager? So he's right that I think hold-ins are becoming more common. The the Le'Veon Bell situation where he just didn't show up, that was a franchise tag thing, so that's different altogether. But Le'Veon Bell was also one of the best at his position when all this stuff was going down. He wanted that long-term deal. He wanted paid what he felt like he was deserved, and that is as a good wide receiver option as well as a running back. And Deontay Johnson still has one year left on his rookie contract. So for me, the best case scenario is that Deontay Johnson at least returns to practice, shows the Steelers, you know what, I tried this, it's it's just not working I'm gonna, I need to get back out there. I need to get back out there for a lot of reasons. Number one, I need to make sure that my quarterbacks and I are on the same page. Number two, I need to make myself ready because if I don't get a deal done, I'm not going to sit out the entire season, and I need to show the other teams, the other 31 teams in the league, that when I become a free agent, they need to pay me big money, and that's how I'll get it. The worst case is that he just sits out. He says, I'm not playing. I'm not playing in the preseason. I'm not playing in the regular season. Let's get a new deal. If I were the GM... The one thing I would say is you have a contract and you want, you need to honor that contract. And I would probably say that if you want paid, if you want that money, then we need to sit down and have an honest talk about expectations for where you find yourself amongst the league's best at the position. And also, and I know it's a risk of energy, you, injury, you got to get out there. I want to see you out there. I need you to be a team player. 
And so it's going to be interesting. I know that the players wouldn't like that, but hey, you asked the question. Next one from Southside Doc. How would you gauge the development of Dan Moore Jr.? Between the year of experience and the shift in line coaches, what aspects should fans give credit to? Will the changes in the interior line allow him to perform better, or is that irrelevant to evaluation? I think Dan Moore Jr., you'll notice some in the preseason how he's doing. Uh, Jeffrey Benedict has talked a lot about his progression from his rookie year, how he had games where he looked really, really great, and he had games where he looked really, really lost. He's definitely more of a run blocker, so if they can run behind him on the left side, that's a good thing. It's going to be difficult. Yes, a good guard next to him will help him, whether that's Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green, someone that can move bodies along with him, communicate well. That's going to help him tremendously. I do think that it all plays a role. Even Pat Meyer, the new offensive line coach, if he can get him in a scheme, and that's Dan Moore Jr., get him in a scheme that he is strong, not just physically, but just from an overall standpoint. If he is strong, it's going to help. And you'll notice it. You'll notice it. I don't have to tell you how to notice it because you'll notice it yourself. Not giving up sacks, definitely moving people in the run game. Good questions, Doc. We appreciate it. Cheeseball 10. Jeff, when it comes to the offensive line, what marks a success this year? So I think that, you know, running the football is going to be number one, and then keeping the quarterback upright is number two. The Steelers have done a good job in the sack category. Last year was a huge step backwards. But let's be honest, the year before that in 2020, that was when Ben Roethlisberger was getting rid of the ball so quick, just no one could get to him. So I want to see them be able to run the ball. That's paramount for me. Finishing 29th is not good enough. So they need to run the ball, be more efficient running the ball. And then I think that's going to help the pass protection in some weird way. It's going to open up play action passes. I think that's exactly what the the Steelers need to do. And that's how I would mark success in 2022. Believers, he asks, Jeff, do you think the posturing for Mason as a possible starter is legit or just a ploy to keep his trade value higher? I don't know. Uh, I think the Steelers are just trying to keep their options open. And when I say keep their options open, I mean that Mason Rudolph playing with is with the ones it's let's see what he can do. And if he can't, if, if we choose to go somewhere else, meaning if the Steelers decide to go with Mr. Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, well then this guy will have a lot of tape out there for teams that are maybe looking for a quarterback. Um, I, I think that they're literally just keeping the door open for all three. If I'm being honest, Daily Joint Co. says, Jeff, it's still super early in camp, but from what you've heard, what bubble players are you most excited for currently? Robinson, Steele, and Costin. Names have popped up a ton. Curious you have your eyes on anyone else. You know, for me, I, bubble players, I, this is going to sound crazy. It's it's DeMarvin Leal has had some really good reports. He's not a bubble player. He's going to make the team. He's a third-round draft pick. But he's a guy that I wasn't sold on going into camp based on the fact that I didn't like how he gained all that weight on his own reports are he's back down to the weight he was previous to previous prior to mini camp. And so that's a good thing. People have been very, very pleased with the Marvin Leal. He might become more of a factor than people think. And also it was great to hear Jannard Avery's name mentioned. He was uh, in backs on backers, did a very good job. They said he's very, very fast. That's what you want to hear. Now he was injured during minicamp, so this is our first time seeing him. B. Selfridge asked two questions. Hey, Jeff, which one do you think happens first? The Steelers trade Deontay Johnson or they give him a new contract if you had to pick one. I think 
the, the them giving him a new contract would how would happen before they trade him. Uh, next, he says, if you could change either Pickens' jersey number or Austin's jersey number, which one would you change and to what number? I would definitely get Pickens out of 14. Never been a fan of that number for a receiver. It's never panned out for the Steelers going back to Sammy Coates and Lima Swede. I'd try to get him into the 80s. I think Pickens would look good in an 80s number. I don't know what numbers are available. Maybe 81. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. And last one from B. Selfridge. He said, using a percentage that's not 50-50, do you think the success of the Steelers' offense will run more on the talent uh, or Matt Canada's schemes? I think it's going to be, in, it, for me, talent can outweigh a scheme. Because if you have talented players, the scheme is not going to be solely reliant on the scheme to work. So I'm going to say 60% talent, 40% scheme. That's where I'm going with. If they can achieve that, I think they'll be great. Last question, Lucas Halsopel. I hope I said that correctly. Which player are you most excited for the season? Who will be the biggest disappointment? Man, everyone wants to know like these disappointments. That is not good. Not good. Um, biggest surprise. Oh, shoot. I think that the biggest surprise this year will be, I think it's going to be like a Calvin Austin III because I think George Pickens now at this point has become so such a name. Everyone's talking about him. I would say Calvin Austin, the third disappointment. I think that the disappointment might be even at the quarterback position. It might be someone like Mitch Trubisky who just doesn't pan out or, or play the way that fans were hoping when they signed him in free agency, but great questions as always. My ride or die crew. You are the best. I love you all. Hope you all are having a great week. We're halfway there. I will be back on Friday with Jerome Betts. Hopefully I need to double check that he's good for Friday, but Hey, we will be back giving you updates on the Steelers at training camp. Pads are on. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to talk about that. We'll be talking about a lot of other stuff related to the Pittsburgh Steelers and what's going on in the NFL. We'll know by then if the if Roger Goodell and the NFL appeal that six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson, so be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. We will see you on Friday. Go Steelers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.